Welcome back to the Pillow Fort Podcast. I am here once again with Shania, and we are going over the story of Dragon Ball. It has been a minute since our last podcast, but I think I think I want to do the podcast in this format from now on anyway. I think I'm also going to start throwing them on YouTube, but um, I think like I think it's a better idea to like group whole story arcs together and just take a little more time in between each arc than like trying to split them up in a weird way. So that's that's why it took forever for us to put this out. But that being said, today we are going over the Red Ribbon Army saga, um, which is chapters 55 through 97. Um, so there's obviously a lot of material there to cover. So should I just obviously with a lot of a lot of story there, general thoughts on on our our villains the red ribbon army themselves i love how they're somehow both such a serious threat and like a complete joke also like that's really i don't know that's really the fun vibe of this manga as a whole so far is how it's just been like it's super serious and intense fights and they're good and they're cool and watching goku grow is really fun but then also like it's just silly like there's so much silly gags going on so this army is like so fearsome and ridiculous at the same time it feels like do you remember in the first arc the rabbit gang that we dealt with it feels like Toriyama like was like I want to make like something like this like this organization that's super feared by everyone um but he was like it's not gonna be the rabbit guy and this is like what he came up with but it's still Toriyama so it's still like fun and very Dragon Ball in its feel, but they are supposed to be, like, an army, like, a standing evil army. Oh, yeah, I can tell that they're supposed to be terrifying from how everyone interacts with them, even as, like, towards the end when, um, Goku's, like, going to fight them fully, like, by himself and everyone's terrified. It just, it just feels like, uh, Toriyama doesn't know how to write, or not doesn't know how to write, but chooses not to write a serious villain, and so they're just fun to see. Yeah, did you... So, honestly, uh, this is kind of like a critique, almost, of of Dragon Ball. I actually don't... I don't think I got a good feeling of the threat level in this arc. I don't think at any point, with the major exception of Tao Pai Pai, which we'll get to later, or Mercenary Tao, I can't decide which one I'm gonna... I'm gonna... You know what? I'm gonna go with Tao Pai Pai. Um... But with the major exception of him, I didn't feel like I really understood the threat level of any of the Red Ribbon Army. Do you feel different about that? or? No, I think that's accurate. And I, you know what it's actually like making me think of? And I guess this is the thing that uh, reminds me is like the good perspective for his audience being like 10-year-old boys is it feels like the kind of um, like slapstick comedy you get in like a Saturday morning cartoon where like the bad guys like you know, run into the frying pan or whatever, get, like, the broom comes up and hits him on the face. That's what most of it feels like with those little beats, but, uh, how do we say the assassin's name? What are we going with? Tao Pai Pai. Tao Pai Pai. That's what I'm, you read, right? That's what... I didn't know how to pronounce translation, it, so I'll be honest, when I run into names like that... You can go with Tao if that makes it tao easier. Works we better. just go Tao? Let's just go Tao. Yeah. Uh, Y'all know who we're talking about. I just don't want to mess up his name a bunch. But regardless, he uh, he was fearsome. Like, there wasn't anything, like, slapstick about him. 
I mean, a little bit with the Still whole, a little bit, though, right? Like, like, even even then, he's so terrifying and crazy strong, but then he goes to the tailor for a new suit. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, it's, it feels like even when he's doing his most serious and intense villain that we've seen so far, he can't be entirely serious about it. And I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. It's just it's hard to take the show seriously because I don't think the show takes itself seriously. Right, and I think that's... I, yeah, to Toriyama's credit, I don't think his intention is for us to view them as entirely uh, like these terrifying villains. But we'll, we'll get into Tao later. But uh, So, this arc, this saga, rather, because it's huge, but starts off um, with, with Goku first getting introduced to, I think it's Colonel Silver at the beginning, uh, who blows up Kintoan, but we find out that he can just get that back. But I love the robot, by the way, that helps him get to uh, where Muscle Tower is. That robot, that interaction was super funny. Goku and, like, high technology is a very funny combination. Uh, there aren't words for how I love that robot and the simplistic understanding of everything that's happening. Goku taking on the world is my favorite thing to see honestly yeah it's it's just, yeah it's it's funny but so we do get to muscle tower right which is this like base that they set up i so before we get into anything in the tower itself right i i don't understand why this tower is here this is not their headquarters and they've They've, uh, they, they, uh, they're looking for the Dragon Ball. So this is like a temporary base, right? Why, why is this tower here? Why are they doing this? So I think there's a couple of possibilities. One is that it was already like a pre-existing structure that they've just taken over because they've found the Dragon Ball to be in that location. Yeah, but like they've put enemies on every floor. Well, yeah, because I think at that point, because we know that, um, Blanking on his name. Um, Who are you looking for? Is it like eight something? Eight man? Eight man, sure. Eight Mechanical man. man number eight or yeah, eight yeah. man. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm bad with names. But he's been holding on to the Dragon Ball, so I think that they're keeping this area reinforced because they know it's there, but they can't find it. So you don't see what they're doing because the point is like Goku going in and attacking everyone and like trying to like rescue the mayor or whatever else he's doing in there. But, like, they're probably, like, digging, like, giant tunnels and stuff like that, like, trying to figure out where this is because they have imprecise technology. So they're just building, and they don't want anyone else to come for what they're looking for or to know what they're looking for. So a secret base or, like, a protected base makes sense. Speaking of imperfect technology, so, like, Bulma's just an actual genius, right? Like... Yes. I With a pervy father. Well, oh, we're not there yet. We will get to Bulma's family situation, but we... I, I just, like, with, like, the amount of, like, how much more advanced the Dragon Radar is than anything else that the Red Ribbon Army has, which I have to assume is, like, the next best thing, because yeah, their whole so. goal is to find these Dragon Balls. So I have to assume they've got a lot of R&D invested in finding them, but, like, Bulma's, like, yeah, Bulma's just very, very mechanically intelligent. Uh, but going into uh, the actual villains that we find in Muscle Tower, and if you want to talk about the other ones, you can. But uh, how do you feel about Purple? 
Let's talk about our ninja guy. I... Uh, or, I'm sorry, ninja guys. Let me throw an S on the end there. I mean, he's my favorite that we encountered because he's so ridiculous. For sure. <laughs> Everything from the, oh, you just got lucky, you couldn't really see me, to the bit where he tells Goku to count, like all of his, the, um... He randomly has got the American flag and tree bark on the same uh, blanket bit of fabric and puts the wrong side facing outwards. It's so much like this is this is your army's peak. This is this is your strongest forces here. It's hilarious though. I love it. Yeah, I. It's it's just really funny. I love like Goku pours like the hot tea down the straw. <laughs> And like burns him at the bottom. Like they're playing essentially hide and seek for like half the fight until he tries to blow up Eight Man, and then Goku's like, "No, I don't think so." And now, now I'm angry. Which, uh, let's like, yeah, let's pit stop here. Goku and morality. Uh, like <laughs> this arc. So the Red Ribbon Army is 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 bad. Again, I have a hard time really knowing that because it seems like they're just mean, really. Not so much evil, although they say we're an evil army. I don't know why you'd ever put that on the poster. Well, I mean, it's believed what they're striving for is world domination. Like, that's the understanding they all have. But I think for Goku's morality, he's really... His whole vibe is if you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. Except but like, but that it does that does extend out where if he thinks he sees someone being super mean, he like interjects like that's how he gets involved with lunch in that situation. Like he doesn't stop to understand what happens. He just takes that at face value. So I feel like he all like he goes between like if a, you're nice to me, I'm nice to you, plus like a the strong protect the weak kind of thing. Yeah, I, I get that. I just. It's just very interesting to see, like, he, like, definitely thinks he kills Full Metal Jacket. And he's like, uh, whoops. Like, that's his reaction to murdering I mean, he does say he did a bad thing, but I think his... I just think being that he's so young and that he's from, like, this woodsy area where he's been, like, hunting and killing his whole life, I feel like it's (laughs) just... The fish do talk. We don't... What is... Where is the line in this world? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that it's totally... I think for him and his simplistic understanding of the world, he's like, I wasn't supposed to do that, but it was it was necessary, it just kind of happened kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, it's just an interesting way. It's just a very simple way to look at, like, morality. But uh, we also get introduced to Ape Man. How do you feel about uh, Frankenstein's monster? I would die for him. Wow. Straight up. I just, I love so much how he's so just innocent and good and wanting to be good natured and how he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to be this killing machine. But then he steps up when Goku's attacked and he uh, does that. Um, like he fights and he helps Goku and everything like that. And then he gets like his fun, like little happy ending going to stay with like the guy being their adopted son or whatever. How much do you love the fact that he was adopted by the mayor at the end? It's so precious to me. I love it so oh, much, awesome. to be honest with you. It's so good. Eight Man's really cool. I really love that it like highlights Goku's just kind of ability to. 
to not to look past appearances, right? Because in reality, there's not a lot of differences between Full Metal Jacket and Eight Man. Like Full Metal Jacket also appears to be robotical. Now, Eight Man, I think, is a android, which I'm not going to explain right now. But instead of, uh, it, I think Full Metal Jacket's like a robot. Like I don't think he was. Oh, I'm now very curious what that distinction is so, here, but... I, I mean, this will come into play later. Android is, I was at one point human, or I was, I'm like part organic matter. Is that more of a cyborg? Yes, but in Dragon Ball, we're going to call them androids. Okay, okay. No, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, but it's not always cyborg. It's just like, there's organic matter incorporated in me. I'm not totally robot, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. There's some, like, living going on here. It's not just machinery. But it feels like Full Metal Jacket is machinery. He does seem to be. More than, like, a person. He doesn't feel like a person. Whereas Ape Man is definitely a person. You can definitely tell. There's, like, that's the whole problem with him, is that he's so much a person that he's like, I'm a good guy. I don't want to do bad things. And so he disobeys the people that make him. He's just a robot with morality. Come on, I've seen the Marvel movies. I know what Vision Ooh, is. No. No. Yeah, I mean, androids will not be important for a long time, but eventually we'll we'll go back to that. Good to know. Um So in the in the scuffle, if you will, our dragon radar gets broken. Goku doesn't know what to do. Uh, so he's gotta go find Bulma. And we get Goku in the city. How do you feel about Goku in the city? Oh my goodness, him just asking everyone where Bulma's house is is <laughs> the best. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. The taxi guy, the random criminals, like literally all these people, he's just asking for Bulma's house. I just I love it so much because again, he's just so dumb. He's just a little kid with no understanding how the city works. And so I like you know, I like that little bit, like the policeman takes him and is like, no, no, like I need to make sure you actually know her and like, that whole interaction. It's just a lot of fun. I love that he like is slow learning of like, oh, uh, to find out where Bulma is, I need money. And then that guy's like doing the contest to beat him up on the street. He gets the money. And then so he just like asks people and then hands them a wad of cash. Like, he asked the chick, and he's like, she's like, maybe a police officer can help you. He's like, thanks! Hands just a chunk of money to her, because he doesn't understand how to use it. Oh, that is really good. Yeah, that's just, like, straight, he's, like, a very literal person. Like, right. he just takes it at that face value, which is He fun. just assumes from the taxi guy that everybody who helps him is going to need this money, because he's probably never used money, ever before in It clearly life. doesn't mean anything to him. <laughs> it's sure. like, he's, there's no reason he would have used money, ever. Because even before he was traveling with Bulma, who I'm sure would have had control of the money. Yeah, and even then they were pr generally pretty self-sufficient because yeah, she really had she use... had the surplus of the pods that did everything that they needed. Capsules. Capsules. My I'm sorry. Goodness. It's called Capsule Corp. Oh my god. Core, not corp. Anyway. I don't know that I agree with you on that one. We'll we're, fight about it another day. That... Are you right? Is it core? I feel like you say core. Maybe, like, it's corporation, it's like, but, like, maybe I'm mixing up how it's, like, Marine Corps. Yeah, see, I think same. you're mixing that up. I but think where, it's corp. Where does the P go corp. in core? <laughs> With a P on the end. The capsule corporation? Yes, it is. I'm just the gonna say it the full way to feel yes. fancy. Please. <laughs> we'll 
to say Tao Pai Pai every time. Delightful. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Capsule Corporation, let's uh, let's talk about Bulma's mom and dad. I like that they're both trying to actively have affairs. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking for it. They're like, please bring me back someone hot and single, you know? That's, yeah, I... <laughs> Her dad is alarming. Her dad's, like, alarming. I like that she accidentally takes his <laughs> capsule. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, you took mine. And she's like, ah, oh, Dad, I'm trusting you. And it's just... It's a magazine. It's, no, it's like m- many. It's like a porn stash is what we found. <laughs> yeah. And he like, this is the crazy thing. He's like, he, so like, we've seen Bulma's like capsule container before, right? She's got like a house, a boat, a car. Like she is ready to go. Her dad walks around town with only his porn stash. That's it. What? Why? Why would you even have that in a capsule form? What would possess you to do this, Dr. Briefs? Why? He's always ready to go, and he's always ready to... He's definitely ready to go. That's <laughs> for sure. I, this is like He's like nonchalantly pervy. This is what's crazy. It's like Master Roshi is like creepy. Dr. Briefs is like, I I will hire a prostitute. No, no, I, no. Master Roshi is so much creepier and inappropriate. He is... More mid- than Dr. Briefs, yes. I'm just saying that Dr. Briefs is like... He's a man with a porn addiction. It's not right, but it's... (laughs) He, I'm sure, I promise you, he has had affairs, is having it. This is like a extremely wealthy man. I think this is an open relationship. They're out there like... Oh my gosh, think of the timeline. Think of the timeline. They are the perfect age. I just bit my tongue. (laughs) They are the perfect age to be swingers. They're absolutely, that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, they're both openly in their homes yeah. being like, bring me back someone else. And she's like, uh, and Bulma's like, not this. So clearly. It's 100% what it is. That's and that's 100%. why that's why he can have a capsule full of porn. Yeah. She doesn't care. Oh, she doesn't care. I'm not, Bulma's mother does not care at all. I, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're good for each other. You know, that's what, they I deserve, think what, what we can take away from that. But also, uh, did that not make you just understand Bulma way more? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, this, like, proclivity toward, like, sex appeal is like, oh, I get it. I understand she's why you're like this. She's trying to look hot. She wants to wish for a boyfriend. I like that she's currently, like, on the rocks with, um... <laughs> oh, my goodness, why am I blanking Yamcha. on this name? Yamcha. I just... I want you to know <laughs> for the rest of our time here at Dragon Ball, these two <laughs> are going to be in and out of a dating relationship. Uh push or pull just pick one. we will eventually get a resolution to that but it's not gonna happen forever and this is like and he like lives at her house like they all live at her house for the rest of the series <laughs> y'all just just there puar oolong just there they're walking around the house i love that for them honestly i yeah it's it's good it's good i I like Yamcha and Bulma as a as a couple. I think that that works out in a. I feel like that would work out. Is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, I'm not in disagreement. I'm just they're on the rocks because like other girls are checking him out and she's insecure and I'm like ah. Oh, Yo, Yamcha's probably hot. 
Like, can we, like, Yamcha's probably, they're both probably attractive for 16-year-olds. I don't know how old Yamcha is, actually, but. Yeah, I mean, probably. Yamcha's gotta be, like, ripped, drama. though. Like, he is actually strong. Oh, yeah, he's the strong buff dude. It's a little like, hard. Ladies are looking at him. Toriyama's drawing style makes muscles kind of like bubbles, so it's a little hard to actually tell, but later we will definitely see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we get Bulma because she has a shrink rod. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> a shrink watch uh, that allows her to shrink down and uh, ride on the cloud vicariously because she's just hopping on Goku. Why you gotta call? Why you calling out my vocabulary? That is the right <laughs> word for this. Riding it vicariously? Yes. Mm. Like through by Goku. That's <laughs> not if That's... I'm living vicariously through yeah, someone. Yeah, you're living through the other person. <laughs> this is not. We are here for Dragon Ball. She's the right. two people that are listening are here for Dragon Ball knowledge. Not even knowledge. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, here to listen to us. If rant. she were like living through his adventure, sure, but she's just able to ride on. She becomes more easily portable. There will be a definition section of the next <laughs> podcast. Clearly, I need to define Check my terms. Time. Anyway, so off we go, right? And we get to the next Dragon Ball, which uh, we're introduced to General Blue, who I think is the first villain. That we like that actually has some kind of actual fear involved in him. He uh, so he immediately the very first thing we see him do right is somebody like says something slightly incorrectly, kind of like vicariously maybe, <laughs> although that's not incorrect. And he like has them executed, like he kills him, like right right there. Um, but he uh, he's just an interesting character i think to to think i what, what do you think about general blue it's just the immediate ex, like everything is executable and that's like i feel like that again is supposed to like solidify that this is like a rough organization but it's almost like comedic <laughs> i gotta call you out there's no other answer do you know who blue is do you know who general blue is He's lost in the sauce. Of I generals. can't. This is like a whole arc is General Blue. It's like his whole thing. He's the guy. He he does the telepathic stuff. Fights Krillin in a cave. Why did you give me that mental hint? I just forgot. How was I supposed name? to translate? Listen, we're distracting the people. Uh, we're do, do you know what we're talking about now? I do. Okay. Now, what are your thoughts on that General Blue? <laughs> Not the Red Ribbon Army in general. Nice try. Well, now that I've been. <laughs> thoroughly roasted. I can't wait to prove that you used vicariously incorrectly. Yeah, that'll be next podcast, <laughs> folks. General <laughs> uh, This is good. This is good stuff. Um, no, he is intense and like this introducing telekinesis is just like, I don't know why that felt like an odd play to me. Like, that's the weirdest thing that's Why does out. he have it? Yeah, I'm like, why does he have this telekinesis and like it shouldn't be that weird. Like, I've literally encountered all these crazy capsules. Master Roshi does this whole, like, Kameha thing. And Goku, don't question how no, I said No, it's fine, it's fine. Um, no flags. And, like, Goku, like, is able to do the same thing after just, like, watching him do it. So, like, I know powers exist here, but something about something is, like... 
basic magic as telekinesis really got me. Because I was like, I don't know, it just feels like its own like se separate branch. So for it to pop up here, I was like, wait a minute. We just shoot laser beams out of our hands in this universe. Yeah, and it will come up later. It is part of the general power system of Dragon Ball, which I would call as like a soft magic system. It's like not, there's not hard to find rules. It's, it's like, it's chi. It's a very common energy system. Toriyama didn't make that up. It's been in existence. But, <clears throat> anyway. I think General Blue is in it. First of all, now that we know who he is. Um, it is commonly thought that General Blue is, like, flamingly gay. Uh, did you pick that up from him? No. Okay. Because I didn't either. And I, like, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, I didn't understand where it came from. Like, he does, so first of all, he does have, like, three eyelashes at the bottom of his eye, which I don't know if that's Toriyama being like, ah, he's effeminate. But it, it could be, but it doesn't seem like he's, like, gives off that vibe. Most people are like, he's not, Bulma, like, throws herself at him, and he's like, ew. Which could be a natural response to what I assume is, like, a 30-year-old man to, like, a 16-year-old. Unclear how attractive Bulma is because I know that Master Roshi's like checked her out and stuff before, but at one point someone said she has like the body of a boy or something like that. Who does say that? Somebody does say that. I don't know if it was Master Roshi like coming at her, like because like now he's been like had lunch around for a while, but I don't know. But like someone makes that comment, so I'm like, how attractive is Bulma in her universe? Like in that universe. So I always thought Bulma was supposed to be attractive. I mean, I do too, or I like, I thought, I thought that too, but then I'm like, maybe she's not. Why does she spend this whole arc in her underwear? Can we, I like, and I guess to be fair, Krillin spends a lot of this arc in his underwear too. <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, I love that Krillin went with them, by the way, to, to find the pirate treasure to get the last Dragon Ball. I, anytime Krillin is on screen, I'm a fan. Uh, and I like the three of them together. That, I thought that was a nifty dynamic when they were going after the pirate treasure. But he, this is what I'm saying about General Blue, right? He beat Krillin pretty handedly. Like, he was beating him up pretty good in that cave. Yeah. And so, like, that, like, and Krillin is not a pushover. Like, Krillin is, like, top ten in the world. Like, yeah. he's definitely, well, I guess we don't know that, but I assume that. Right, because the world tournament, he was like oh, the, yeah, one yeah. of the he's top eight, dude, so he's sure. definitely not weak. Which makes me think, like, what I kind of like about this is that the, like this army obviously is not participating in the world tournament, right? But like, there are people out here who don't know that the world martial arts tournament is there, and they they haven't participated in it, and they have no intention of doing that. But they're very strong. Mm -hmm. Like, like Tao is a great example of that too. He's clearly a martial artist that is very strong, but didn't participate. Yeah. And so like, I like, cause I think a lot of stories, tournament arcs are a great way to show the top of your verse. Mm -hmm. Like what, who is the, who is the, especially if you're going to play it all the way out like they did this last time, who is the top contender in this world? Right, and so we're kind of led to believe like Master Roshi, but they're really close to Master Roshi in strength. Well, now we get to find all these other people that wouldn't have ever taken place, and so no, they're not actually. There's other people out here who are very strong, which I, I think is interesting, to say the least. 
think it is always refreshing whenever they do like we did this whole arc to establish them as very strong and now it's like they're back to not being weak again but but he very quickly remedies the problem of saying oh they're like top of the line because that was like master roshi's whole thing of like oh i need to beat goku so he doesn't get like this power complex and everything like that so he spent all this time establishing them as very top and then you like put them back on bottom again as they meet people as they meet more people and as their universe expands yeah well sure that's like the whole power creep kind of dynamic of most battle manga but yeah i just i don't know i like it it's nifty um but towards the end of this arc right towards the or the end of general blue's time right General Blue is like, he ties him up and takes the Dragon Balls and flies away. Mm-hmm. And Goku like immediately goes after him and they're telling him to like, stop, don't go. I, this is kind of one of the first times that we see Goku like, actually angry. And we got a little bit of it in Muscle Tower too, but not quite as much as here. He's like really angry at Blue and, and going after him. And this arc in general, this whole saga, right? Because obviously we're going to get to Tao and his involvement Mm -hmm. too where Goku just gets even more angry right it's we're starting to see like Goku being pushed in ways that that we didn't see him pushed before Uh, and so obviously he goes running off after General Blue and we get two very strange chapters what are you just... Are we talking about the family with the floating baby? That's the one. I love the family with the floating baby. Yeah. I love that the baby just floats in the background and, like, fixes the Balma's thing with, like, magic, and then the dad's just like, I am a genius! And I'm just like, oh, it's your, it's your floating baby. <laughs> I'm your... not sure why you Which floats. you should have known, okay? by the way. But... You should know that it's your floating baby that's the real genius. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I hit those pages, and, like, for a brief second, I thought, like... For some reason, the book had, like, an excerpt from, like, another manga, like, for a second. Yeah. Like, it took yeah. me a minute to It's be very like, jarring. I've got to flip through here. It was, like, such a weird, like, new world. They all seem to just, like, it just, like, feels like a family of supers for no reason. Yeah. Do, you like <laughs> Sup- do you like Superman? <laughs> the sour guy? The sour guy. Yeah, he was great. He was trying to flex. That was That was mess. hilarious. Uh, yeah, I like, I like whenever um, General Blue, like, leaves and he's, like take it easy on you and i'm like you could not have done anything but he squashed a a phone box and you were like mm, i'm out <laughs> but then like the one daughter when the, the dash, Raleigh, the dash yeah. is like he looks like he wants to wrestle and she just yeets this man <laughs> my bad find that later my bad <laughs> she eats him she just yeets him out into the into nowhere and because he's like where'd you send him and he's like, or she's like, far away. Like, you can't, he's like, where's that? And the dad's like, you can't see him anymore. And it's like, okay, that doesn't really give us distance, but I love how you people operate. So I'm glad that this is, this is exactly what I wanted. Because this is, uh, that is a different manga, by the way. So that's his, that is his first manga called Dr. Slump. That's the characters in the world from that manga that he's just saying are in this one. So these two chapters are him saying it's the same world. They're here. And Dr. Slump is actually a comedy manga. And so that's why like things like Arali, he wants to wrestle happen. (laughs) Cause it's like, it's a gag manga. It's like the whole thing. That's why when it meets like an actual battle show, like he, 
the Superman like meets General Blue, yeah. of course he's like not at all capable. Because like it's like he's a comedy character. Like and so it is actually a different manga. And so I love that you said like it felt totally di- like a totally different world because it actually is. That's so good. When I the first time I read it, first of all, the first time I read it, we are greeted by a pig with a megaphone in a tree for some reason, which is, I guess, not that weird, honestly, for the Dragon Ball world. But it, uh, the first time I read it too, I was like, "What is going on? Like, did I miss something?" But yeah, it's like a different. He's like referencing Doctor Slump. Yeah, it just gave me a pause for a minute because like yeah. that's why all the characters do like the peace sign at the kid like in that okay. first because he's like trying to give cameos to all of his important characters. That was the other thing that threw me off because the one character is like, oh, it's been a minute since you've seen me, and I'm like trying to think back to when I've seen him in Dragon Ball. <laughs> never, you've never. I seen was him. like, yeah, I was having like a whole moment, and then I was like, because in in the version of the books that you have, like at the end of someone will do like a bunch of the cover pages lined up, mm, and yeah. so I was like, okay, maybe like. This is some excerpt from something, like, they're just putting it together that I missed. And then it's like, oh, no, Goku's here, okay. And then I just kind of rolled with it being, like, the whole dartboard theory that every so often this author's just like, oh, I'm not sure what to say next. Dartboard, uh, flying baby that knows technological stuff. Superman. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he did do that just years prior. <laughs> and I respect it, honestly. I, I've never read Dr. Slump. I kind of want to. I want to know more about this baby. <laughs> it... Tune into the next podcast we're going. <laughs> yeah, after Dragon Ball, we're going to go right to Slump. <laughs> I, it's, uh, yeah, I've never read it, so I don't actually know. I What I know about it is literally this. And Arale's been in several video games that I've played, so, like, I know her. But that's it. But, uh, shout out to Budokai Tenkaichi g 3 which had every possible character you could ever imagine from Dragon Ball in it. Um... So, that brings us on to... I, do you have anything else to say about Penguin Village? No. Okay. Which which brings us to Corrin Tower. Um, and we meet Upa and his dad, who I don't believe we get a name for, um, defending Corrin Tower from a Tiger General guy. And they easily take them out. Well, I guess Goku technically takes out the Tiger guy. But uh, Upa's dad's strong. He's, He's not playing around. He's so cool, too. He is awesome. <laughs> He's, like, really cool. He's definitely not playing around. I don't know. What do you think about them, the father and son there? I, I like them. I mean, I like, like, the setup, just, like, the whole, I think it's, like, a cool um, character moment and just, like, this, like, protecting the forest and, and that area, keeping it sacred and everything like that was really cool. I liked seeing how strong he was, that their weapons, like, didn't mean anything, and then, like, the bomb... He got shot and just, like, tanked it. Yeah, he really... <laughs> like, I don't know what he's doing, I don't know what he's eating, but, like, that skin is tough. That really does comment on then when he, you know, dies, because he, yeah. he's able to get speared, so I don't know if that says more about Whoa. the force of, um... Tao. Of Tao, or something about like this man's skin structure, but uh, bullets aren't piercing him. But that spear is straight through the heart. I think this is so. This is like the kind. Of, I don't know if they've explicitly referenced this yet, but they kind of have through Master Roshi. the The idea of uh, key is probably what they'll English will say K I, um, 
it's it's like the internal energy that like allows them to do things like the Kamehameha or Tao's Dodompa. Like that's why he can shoot beams. It's the key coming out of them. Okay. Um, and so like if you harness that, you you would make yourself stronger. And so I think there's like a subtle level of like, and this is like the the idea of what it's called in our real world is chi. It's like a, a thought that it actually exists, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously not to this extent, but um, but I think the idea being like normal people are using this, they just don't know it. So Upa's dad is like clearly a practitioner but he's just unaware that he's actually doing that. Mm, right? Okay. So, like, a normal guy, like, Upa, if he gets shot, is going to die. It's mm-hmm. not like this guy is some kind of weird, like, different being. He's just, he's trained so much that he's accessed that level, I think, is what is what we're supposed to get. Which is why Tao can kill a guy with his tongue. Uh, which like to brings us right into Tao, because he kills General Blue with his tongue. This, so, this is another, maybe... Could you imagine having to, like, speak into the afterlife, being like, how did you die, and it's some <laughs> man pressed his tongue to my <laughs> temple? Can't wait till you see the actual scenario in which General Blue had to actually stand in front of a desk and say that. We know what the afterlife in Dragon Ball looks like. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so good. I, um... But, so, Tao, right? Kills, kills General Blue. Here's my problem with this, right? Toriyama is either like, I want you to think this is the strongest being in the universe, or they are the weakest trash you've ever seen. He can't pick a lane. <laughs> because, like, General Blue was strong. He beat Krillin. Yeah. It and heads a fight. So he's not, like, weak at all. Tao comes in, kills him with his tongue. That's ridiculous. He shouldn't be able to kill him with his tongue. That should mean that Goku is no chance at all. Because Goku is, like, a little stronger than Blue. Mm-hmm. That sh- should not... So Goku shouldn't stand a chance. And, I mean, to be fair, he doesn't. But, like, he does, like, push back a little bit against Tao in the beginning. For a guy who could kill the other guy with his tongue. Yeah. Well, there's just no, like... I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's, like, really, like, there's, like, this all-or-nothing approach. But I think one of the things that makes Goku different and this is like me guessing it with not knowing the full understanding of like um dragon ball stuff because you said about like the the key being like the key meaning like the ki like the yeah whatever, the power thing there like if goku's accessing that and that's how like bullets aren't phasing him either if that's what's going on or again like this whole like i know he's a saiyan i know there's something there no you don't <laughs> I have no idea what that is <laughs> i have no idea what that means having a tail is perfectly normal do all Saiyans have tails? This is what I'm saying. I don't know. I've never noticed them before. Do the tails fall off? Because no. I've seen adult Goku and I do not remember a tail. I'm not willing to answer that question. <laughs> I feel at like I'm going to do my own version of Pat Pat, are you a Saiyan? And, well, we've already seen Goku's tail come off. Yeah, and then it grew back. Yeah, they do Does that. Does he, like, routinely chop off his tail as a grown man? Is you he... will not. This is not the last time you will see a tail come off and grow back. Oh, anyway... So, like, I never know what's part of, like, Goku's abilities there is, like, this, like, other race thing. Because I think that's part of what makes the difference is he's that. able to he's do... He's human with a tail. The... <laughs> yes, very natural, very normal. But the Kameha or the whatever, like, shooting that beam and stuff like that, there's different things that he's able to do that's unexpected. And I think that's one of his competitive edges is he's taken 
for granted for being so young. So I think that's one of the things that also enables them to look more closely matched is because Tao is doing what he thinks necessary to fight like a 10 year old boy, not realizing this 10 year old boy is actually like kind of a master. Yeah. So, so I think that's the balance you're seeing, one side underestimating and maybe not putting in the full effort, and then the other side being way stronger than you expect them to be. See, that's some good insight. That's what I'm looking for. See, that solves my problem, because you're right. Tao is like, I will flick this child, and he'll die. But Goku's not like that. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, were you sad when Upa's dad died? Did this affect you in an emotional I way? I was incredibly you were. upset. Okay, good. I mean, I was too. I think it's upsetting, but I just, like, I'm trying to gauge, like, how, what the feeling is there. I am so dedicated. I was so hopeful that Goku was in some way going to intervene, and then that man hit the ground with a spear through his chest, and I was like, this is it. I was, did you hear the thud when you were, I, like, hear the thud. <laughs> like, I didn't hear the thud, but it makes, and maybe I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but it's, it's so impactful for me that, like, this interaction was enough for Goku, so it gave enough meaning to me that Upa's dad dying is, like, impactful, whatever, but Goku's, like, so impacted and wants to help Upa so much that he's, like, I'm gonna gather them and wish for your dad to come back, which is really, really says a lot to Goku and his character, I think, because his whole thing, he doesn't want the Dragon Balls for a wish, he's literally just trying to track down number four, whatever it's called, um, yeah, I'm not gonna do the Japanese name for that. Yeah, but or he, Chinese, I mean, it actually is. But, yeah, but he's, like, looking for number four, and he's expending all of this effort to find his grandpa's ball. And what he's saying is, I'm going to make this effort, I'm going to make this wish for you, and then I'm going to go find them again, because I'm sure he's going to want his grandpa's ball back after this. Yeah, because he has to wait a year, too, after he wishes, because they turn to stone, so he can't find them. Oh, so right. So he's got to wait another year before he even goes after them. Yeah, so this is what's insane. Like, that's... That really shows you how much that, like, how quickly Goku, I feel like, how quickly he bonds or cares about people, which is pretty, I feel like it's a cool character moment. I think it shows, like, I think that that and there's several other moments in Karin Tower that show why Goku is so strong. Because you're right, there's this saying thing that we're not talking about right now because you don't know it. But we're not, but that aside, right, I think one of the reasons why he's so liked is this thing where he like obviously so he lived alone on this mountain with his grandfather who tragically died he does he know he's a monkey no goku does not know he's a monkey no goku doesn't That's debatably know he's a monkey. killed his grandfather so he doesn't know it's not debatable so, <laughs> <laughs> i'm debating it i don't know for sure definitely him <laughs> definitely him Goku's like, yeah, some giant monkey came and killed my grandpa. Everybody's like, Does he oh, ever learn that it was him? You're oh. the monkey, Goku. Yeah, no, I'm not now, but we, uh, we... Now I'm trying to think if there's a moment that he learns that explicitly. Because he doesn't know. Because no one will tell him. Anyway, I don't know. I we'll get there if there is, but... I, uh... But anyway, he's like... He, so, like, this this Dragon Ball, the four-star, is, like, very precious to him. It's, like, it would be, like, the most prized heirloom that you have. It's the last thing he has of his grandpa, which is why he's trying to find it, right? Yeah. But there is a clear, in his mind at least, there's a clear difference between a person and a thing. Right? And even though this thing is super important to Goku, he realizes that a person's always more valuable. 
And so he's going to revive his dad. Of course he's going to revive his dad. Mm-hmm. Because that's more important than this ball. Because I think at the end of the day, if you would ask Goku, which would you rather have, the ball or your grandpa, it's an easy decision. And so he's going to make that decision for Upa. It's interesting that it doesn't occur to him to add, like wish for his grandfather to be back. It is kind of interesting. But we don't... I mean, it's been a long time. And he didn't know of the existence. Like, if at the time he knew what that was, maybe he would have. But... He didn't know what they were. I guess even now that it doesn't occur to him, but I think he's also so simplistic that we're like, that's special to him because it was his grandfather. He's also like, moved on. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think he's like, accepted the fact that Gohan, Grandpa Gohan is gone. I think, and I think that that's the difference between, there's still in his mind a chance that Upa's dad's not going to be dead forever. And I think that that's worth it for him. Yeah. But that, I think that shows the difference between understanding the difference between objects and people. Which might be harder if you didn't grow up with people. Yeah. But we see that innately, Goku understands that. Goku, either from his grandpa in putting that, you know, instructing him in that, he has that feeling. And I think that's core to who he is as we go throughout the series. Um, but then he needs to get stronger, obviously. He's saved by the four-star. Which is super coincidental. Yeah, that's a fun moment. Um, and it's, it literally is, I like, there's nothing else there. I, like, I remember first reading it being like, is there some kind of weird thing going on here? Like, no, it's just, it is just coincidental, but it's like a super fun coincidence. Yeah. Um, but so he's gotta get stronger, right? Because Tao's gonna, gonna come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's gotta, he's gonna go up, <laughs> conveniently, they are at the base of a tower that is legendary. And helps, has like some kind of crazy water at the top. That if you drink it, you're way stronger. So he's got to get up the tower. I love the moment. Does Upa say, can you fly up with the cloud? Or does he say, I think I could fly up with the cloud? Uh, I think Goku said, like, he, Goku's like, I think he mentally, like, he, like, he's processing. And I think he yeah. says that. And then he goes, no, I can't no, do that. I got to do it with my hand. Because that's it would be disrespecting the tradition if he didn't if he didn't do it that way. Although that's the easier way. And that's the whole thing that I love is he like does it like the hard way. Even when they eventually um, the master at the top like yeah. is sleeping and Goku like goes up and almost grabs it and then decides not to. And I do like the little dig at Master Roshi as like the <laughs> cats there like thinking in his yeah. brain like oh better than his master. But think about that. Like, Roshi would have rode the cloud up, but he couldn't. He couldn't ride Kintoan. Which is, this is why he can't ride Kintoan, <laughs> because like, he would have. And so he would try to take it. But, like, Karin was ready to, to, he was like, he's asleep, air quotes. But, like, he was ready to, to get it away from Goku still. But I love that moment where Goku's like, nah, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it the right way. It's, like, so integral to who he is. And then we find out that that is the point. I love that. I'm going to be honest. If I went through all of this over a period of three days, three years, and found out it was just regular, regular <laughs> tap water, yeah, I'd be a little grumpy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Think about this from like a philosophical level, right? What is the story trying to say to us, right? And so w- the story is saying there's not magic water. How, how you get better at anything is working at it. 
ceaselessly, tirelessly doing it the right way, that's how you get stronger in anything. And, you know, it's, it's a wise training tool when you, like, dangle this, like, elusive, magical thing, and that's, yeah. like, what your focus is on. You don't realize the strength that you're gaining. Also, I will say, though, I think Goku uh, passing the challenge or whatever it feels so much more like a technicality than being earned, because if he didn't have a tail, the man would have just yeeted himself off this tower for a bowl of plain water. Because, like, that's the whole thing, this fight where he goes over the edge and the cat tries to stop him and is like, no, like, it's not worth it, and Goku catches himself. It's just like... Yeah, but he could have... I mean, he, in hindsight, like, the whole picture, he could have just called Kinto to him, too. And been fine, but... No, that's true, but I just mean, like... So, like, in Goku's mind, I don't think he's thinking, I'm going to plummet to my death. I think he's thinking, like, I can grab it, like... Yeah. Versus Karin's, like, please don't kill yourself over regular water. <laughs> like, that's not worth it. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, like, you can, like, obviously, like, Goku has, like, gotten stronger quicker, even, like, the difference between taking a whole day to climb up and taking three hours to climb up. Look, I'm not saying he didn't really have like good growth. Like his growth doesn't level, like doesn't rival Master Roshi's, who took you know the three years. But I feel like also, like did Goku at that point was he capable of beating the the cat in like a one to one fight, or was like that just like the fluke of like recklessness essentially? Well, I think that's the point. Is even if you can get close, you've passed the trial. Because like this is obviously heavily weighed in the in Karin's favor. Or, I'm sorry, against Karin. Because, like, all the opponent has to do is get the jug. Karin's gotta, like, keep it away from him. So it's way harder for him. So I wouldn't expect that Goku is as strong as Karin. But he's, like, in the same league now, I think. That's fair. And I don't know, how did you feel about Karin, like, as a character? I, I, don't, I don't think I have strong thoughts. Like, he was fun... And like the training was fun, but like there was no, there wasn't a lot of substance to it. Yeah, it's fair. I just like the it's like kind of the wise sage thing. It's like I'm up on a hill. Why is he a cat? Why is he just a regular cat? Why not a cat? He's like a fat cat too. Like he's not even like a clearly well built though. You know, I clearly he's a quick cat, but he's just a cat. I uh, I, I yeah, I like him. He's just there's not a lot of substance. But I I love the the I really 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 like the message. Of there's not a shortcut. There's no trickety trick. There's no trickety trick that's gonna move that rock. Thank you, Toph. <laughs> it's amazing how applicable that sentence is, by the way, to every every aspect of life. Anyway, I think about that a lot. By the way, I, that that quote, that exact quote, happens all the time. I know, so I brought it up. I yeah, I love that. And so he gets back down. And he can actually take Tao. And Tao's like freaked out. Which is great. I love to see that. Uh, how'd you feel about fight number two? Oh, it was a lot. I <laughs> I love Goku's like I have a love hate with his simplicity where he for a little bit there lets himself get beat the tar out of to be like, ouch, that hurt, but now I know all your moves. Okay, this is again so dumb <laughs> just this that is a thing that will happen a lot like in this series and every time you're like that's not a good idea right just 
if you can kill him, just kill him. Like, don't let him pummel you. It's him in, like, the way he does it. So I think of another time that I remember seeing this has just occurred to me, but whenever we were reading or watching Yu Yu Hakusho, and they talk about how Karama fights and Karama, like, takes the time to, like, learn the moves. Mm. But, like, Karama does that, and what I think, that, like, because the cat is the one that says something about this, like, Karin or Karen, whatever. He says something about, um... Like taking the time to like to learn the moves and to get precise or whatever, and like Karama does it. That's like a yeah. smart fight. You take the hits you have to hit, but you try to avoid them to get it. I don't think Goku has that level of finesse. Goku's like, I'm just gonna tank it all <laughs> right. until I know it all, yeah. and then I'm gonna respond. And I'm like, Goku, what if there was a good hit though? What if there was like a really good hit you weren't ready for, buddy? It is like the same mentality, right? It's the same like I need to like see the moves so that I can understand it so that I can have like a one move win that Karama has, right? The difference is Karama is smart enough to back that up. Karama doesn't need to literally get punched in the face by every technique to get the picture. Goku's literally gonna have to get punched in the face. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, you're lucking out there, Goku. Yeah, I... But this is another one of those, like, Tao is either strong enough to kill a guy with a tongue or getting his butt beat. This is where he is. And like this is the the jump in power for characters in Dragon Ball is always like that I think. Um, and as we get more into the martial arts kind of side of this story, we'll see more of that happening. Okay. Um. Um. But so he gets down, says to Upa, "I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save your pops. I'm gonna go get the rest of these balls." Um, and invades the Red Ribbon Army fortress and just wrecks it just demolishes it I, how do you feel about goku's assault on the headquarters it's, it's so it's it's fun just with like the juxtaposition of um the, his friends panicking that he's going to take on this army by himself i love that they go to s supposedly help him though oh yeah i think they're, that's really they're cool. all real ones like they're why all is, going well, to show up why is we walking the plane why on earth would he make Ulan come? What's he gonna do? What's the transforming pig gonna do? Well, he's got like five seconds of like good effort to put in. And yeah, then... but he's not even like stronger. Like he could transform into like something stronger, but he's not really stronger. He just looks strong. Sure. He just stands in the back as like a giant ogre for five minutes and then just disappears. Yeah, that'll do it for some people. That's fair. But no, Love I like too. how they all show up, but I also like... I don't know. In my head, as I'm like reading this, I'm like picturing how this like would play out, or how I like wish this would play out, like in like the anime and watching this, like just like the split screen, like seeing <laughs> one side is like panicking, like frantically, like we gotta get there, we gotta get there, and like Goku's like dancing through the streets, just like casually taking people out left and right. Red Ribbon no Army soldiers just screaming. <laughs> He's just like. Just, he takes out all of them, and then, oh my goodness, the reveal of oh. what the main general's after, or like the, the leader of this army just wants to be tall, and justifies it, <laughs> when painful. his second in command is like, we've given our lives for this, and he's like, you tall people never understand, and I'm like, hmm, yeah. okay. And what? then he gets shot in the face right there. Yeah. I was like, I respect it, honestly. I do. I like, this is this is the appropriate answer. Commander Red is uh, insane. Black makes just a lot of sense. I just like, he's like, no, I'm the leader now, which makes sense. And then like, I love the moment where he tries to like, Goku makes it up there, right? <laughs> Goku makes it up, right? Mm -hmm. To Black. And Black's like, listen, 
just join me. Like, we can work together on this one, man. Like, we don't have the moron. I shot the moron in the face. He's gone. We could do this better. Just join me. And Goku's like, no, I don't team up with bad guys, which is a very Goku thing to say. But I just, I think that it makes Black, like, look, like, that's the whole thing about Black. It's like, he's the reasonable one. Yeah, because even the moment where he's like, we can use the Dragon Balls to do what you want to do, and we'll just, like, yeah. rule the world, like, regardless. Yeah, yeah he's like, like, sure. He's like, I gotta revive his dad. He's like, sure, revive his dad. I don't care. Then we'll go rule the world. But, like, he's, like, trying to make actual, like, world domination plans, which is, like, really, like, funny, because, like, you think that's what the army's been after this whole time, and it's it's not, apparently. No. Also, I have to give honorable mention to the moment where Goku gets, like, almost to the top floor and can't find the stairs, <laughs> and so bashes through the floor and the general's like i will not be defeated by a kid that doesn't understand the concept of an elevator <laughs> which is very i love goku so much he doesn't he doesn't know what an elevator he is he doesn't know he doesn't know uh yeah it's uh I, I love that he takes them all out i just love that he takes them all out i don't have uh, did you have anything else on the assault i don't really have anything i the suit that black wears is like oddly strong it felt like Especially comparatively to the other robots we've seen in the Red Ribbon Army, but... Well, at that point, we're at, like, the top boss there, Although so it I makes sense to have a strong, like, mecha thing. We never did see Ape Man fight. Like, he didn't outwardly fight, so maybe he was super, like, way stronger. Because we, we don't really know. I kind of assumed he was weaker than Goku. But I guess it, nothing really tells us he has to be. That's a good point, yeah. My goodness. I have a whole new theory about that, but we're not gonna get there for, like, months. Um, yeah, but, uh, it, so it was like an okay fight, I thought, just Black trying to use the tech, but Goku being Goku. I love, he reunites with him, he's like, he's like, they're all, they're all gone, I got them. His friends are like, what? Like, oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're done. Uh, oh, oh, the radar broke. Can you fix it for me? <laughs> like, yeah, it's my bad. As I was decimating what I have to assume is the world's foremost evil army, I uh, I bumped the radar weird, which is what it seems takes to break this thing at this point. Any any minute jostling is gonna result in a broken radar. But he didn't know it. It's not actually broken. It's just gone, right? Like they can't, oh, the yeah. dragon ball's missing. He thinks it's broken. Yeah. But honestly, he gets in such intense fights, I wouldn't be surprised if it broke every time. Uh, yeah, I guess like, it's he's fair. Goku, he's, but... yeah. And where, yeah. It doesn't appear that the boy has pockets. Like, I think he just shoves it in the front of his shirt, and it, like, I, I sinks his... down to, like, the belt area somewhere. Yeah, I think that's what happens. It literally just hangs out in there. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's a very Goku he's thing. He's got an inner pocket, which seems like a weird design, but where did his clothes come inner from? Oh, like, oh, I, they're Master Roshi's uh, school oh, right, uniform. Right, he's wearing those. No, we know what their school uniform <laughs> looks like, Luke. <laughs> One of them. That is, I think, to this to this point in the story, that is the funniest thing that has happened in the story for me, is when <laughs> when she comes out and they're all wearing it. Oh, it's the best. So, so I don't know what he's wearing, but it is not the official it's, traditional you're, you're right. uniform. You were right. It is not. Don't make fun of our customs. Uh, you're right. That was really good. Um. So yeah, so then we so we gotta find the last Dragon Ball. We need one, and we don't have the use of a radar. So we gotta figure out how to get it. And so Master Roshi's like, hey, there's what I'm going to call Fortune Teller Baba. 
I know that the Viz Media says, like, old, all-seeing crone, is that what they call her? Yes. Yeah, fortune teller Baba is what I'm gonna call her. That sounds cooler. That's what I learned it as, but, um, so, they gotta go find her and hopefully get her to tell them where this last dragon ball is. Which is how the arc ends. Did you have any other arc thoughts? No, I feel like we kind of got into all of them. I'm excited to see like what this fortune telling Baba will be like, especially because Master Roshi says something cryptic about Goku's strength. And so I feel like it's going to be, and just given the name and everything too, I feel like it's going to be a very like cantankerous woman that doesn't want to be helpful. Yeah. So I'm curious how that'll go. Is it Crone? Did Crone really really taint you? Uh, Ironically, I think that Crone is actually probably a more accurate picture of who this lady is. than Baba, but... Well, from what the translation is saying, it's like, Baba means crone. Right, so. yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I think that maybe crone's more helpful, but I'm not going to call it that. That's fine by me. Oh. So, that is the last this arc. But, before we're done, we have to go over favorite arc and shining star. So, I will go first on both, because it seems as if you're unprepared. <laughs> so... My favorite arc is still the World Martial Arts Tournament arc. I think it's I think it is a more compact and better arc than the Red Ribbon Saga. Although this one's really good, I like World Tournament better. There's only three that we've done so far. Pilaf, World Tournament, and Red Ribbon. Their names are helpful. Um, oh my gosh, it's, there's so much happened in this arc. It's, it's a big it arc. It feels so rough, but like so many good things I really enjoyed were in it. So I'm going to say that this arc is my favorite arc. Okay, um, Red Ribbon, making it. I will, I will do a gut pull, uh, Shining Star, and it's, <laughs> I know he's a small character, but it's the floating listen, baby. Listen. I love how he <laughs> Whoa. floats. Whoa, the floating baby. Okay, he's That's so awesome. cute. That's He's so cute. He had my eye from the moment I was like, wait a minute, you're just like floating behind. Like the moment I realized no one was holding this baby, that this baby was just <laughs> floating, I was like, what's your story? <laughs> and I see him in the background behind his daddy, just a little hand motion, and it's fixed. I'm like, mm, you have my heart. You're gonna have like, you're gonna have read all of Doctor Slump by the next podcast. <laughs> like, you're like, I know everything about this baby now. I will know everything about this baby. I don't even know how long it is. It might, be, I don't know. It might be short, but but I'll find out. That's all. That is first of all, first of all, that's a perfect shining star pick. That is exactly what the shining star category is for. It's for the floating baby, <laughs> and I picked boring shining star because I said it was Goku. I couldn't resist. It's just, he's so, this is like so character impactful for him. Oh, for sure. It's like, we're really getting to know like who he is in this arc. So I had to, I had to do it. No, that's fair. If we're I talking about characters the... that matter for the story, no, like no, I should pick someone no, else. No, That floating baby, he's my shiny star. Floating star. baby, 100%, 100%. I wish we'd brought him along. Replace Bulma, I wish I, I picked a better shining star. That's what the floating baby did to me. I wish I picked a better shining star. Anyway. So that's it for for this week. Next week, uh, I think in just one week, because the next arc's pretty short. But next week we will be doing the Fortune Teller Baba arc, um, which is chapter ninety eight through one twelve. So yeah, thanks guys for for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye.